0: Good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for joining me on episode four of the Source Law Podcast. Today, we're going to be discussing what to do in the event you're caught with an unlawful arrest or a traffic stop. That could be possession of drugs. That could be a DWI, a DUI. uh, It could be something as simple as a speeding ticket. So today, I'm joined by my good friend, Gregory Kamar. Gregory is an attorney here in Melville, Long Island. Uh, He's a graduate of New York Law School. He possesses a broad legal background with more than 13 years of experience in the courtroom. He's both a trial attorney and a strong negotiator. Uh, He specializes in criminal law, but also handles some personal injury and real estate law as well. He has a history of success in the courtroom. Mr. Kalmar sits on several boards, including the Suffolk County Criminal Bar Association, the Huntington Lawyers Association, as well as participates as a guest speaker at Toro Law School. Greg, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. So I told the audience you specialize predominantly in criminal law. Yes, absolutely. All absolutely. right. So today I want to talk about some things that people are always asking about. What to do if I get pulled over uh, potentially a DWI? What to do if you get a traffic ticket? So why don't we start with what do you advise an individual to do in the event they get pulled over? Maybe they had a couple of drinks after work or at an event. W- what do you
1: What do you recommend? Listen, we live on Long Island. It's actually, uh, I get to ask that question at least once a week, you know, what do I do? Do I blow? Don't I blow? How should I handle this situation? Really what it comes down to is each situation is different. Okay. What it comes down to is if you're driving and you've had a couple of drinks, you're watching the football game over at your uh, your, your friend's house. A local bar. You, you know, local bar or, right. or, or your friend's house, and you have one drink or two drinks. Right. But And you get in the car, but your 14-year-old kid's with you mm. or your 10-year-old kid or your 8-year-old kid's right. with you. And you get pulled over. You think you're completely fine. Right. My number one advice would be, you do not blow. Okay. Because what it comes down to is this. You have a kid in the car. There's Leander's Law. Right. Which basically says, this is a felony because there's a kid in the car. No matter what. And if you blow. Right. They have you. No matter what. You got a kid. You got a, a reading. Right. If they have no reading... It gives us some sort of defense. So let me ask you: Do you do you automatically
0: have to blow at the scene? Like a cop pulls you over, he suspects you are having a couple drinks, perhaps. Generally speaking, what's the next thing the police officer is going to do?
1: Normally, what they'll do is uh, something called a field sobriety test. Okay, and there is about four to five of them that they they will use. Normally, there's a a um, walk and turn test which they make you take a couple steps and then you turn and you come back, they're watching to see what your balance is. Okay. They'll do a uh, horizontal gaze test which basically they take a pen across your eyes to see the jerkingness in your eyes, believe it or not your eyes have involuntarily in, involuntarily move when you're under the influence of alcohol. So Mm. normally, if you were to look left and right, it glides. But if you have liquor in your system, it actually starts to, it's a signal to them. It's jagged. Exactly. Uh. It's a a strange, uh, you know, your body does strange things. That's one of the strange things that it does. Okay, What it comes down to is they look at these, and these are indicators on whether they're going to place you under arrest. Okay, And they'll take these field sobriety tests. Normally what they'll do next is they'll give you something called a PBT which is a, a on the side of the road you'll see the yeah i mean we've all seen the pictures of the person on the side of the road taking a, a test right that test is not admissible in court that's basically oh. just a um <clears throat> indicator I didn't know that. to them that they could potentially put you under arrest so that's not evidence no that is not evidence you cannot they, they will not allow that at a trial they will look at it when they are trying to negotiate with you okay. in the courtroom but it is not admissible at trial okay the, the test that, we're, that we all know about is the one that happens back at the, at the police department. Okay. And um, what comes down to with those is they have to give you a, the option to take that test or not to take that test.
0: And that's after you're already under arrest? Yes. Is there any point in time uh, after you're arrested that you can call your attorney before blowing at the uh, police station
1: my advice is that the second that they, they put you in the back of that car to bring you over to the, the precinct you say i want to speak to an attorney
0: and they have to give you that call they have
1: to give you that call okay and the, the reason that i say that is is because as i indicated earlier i always get the question should i blow or shouldn't i blow fact specific it's fact exactly right what it comes down to is you need to be able to sit there and say okay how much do you weigh How much liquor did you have? Right. Is there a kid in the car? Is there a car accident? The reason I bring up those types of issues is if you're a car accident Mm -hmm. and you have any sort of uh, booze in your system, any sort of alcohol in your system, Right. don't blow. Right. Because you're going to get the accident and definitely don't leave. Okay. Because what it comes (laughs) down to is, you know, back in the day, people were like, oh, I just took off. They're going to find you. Yeah, there's cameras everywhere. There's cameras everywhere. Yeah. And, you know, people are... People are all over the place. Right. And leaving the scene of an accident, whether you're under the influence or not under the influence, it becomes a major charge. Yeah. And, pe- you know, the normal guy who's never been arrested before is driving down the road. What's the first thing that happens when you're in an accident? You panic. Of course. You know? What do what you, you do? What do you do? Right. You know, I would panic. I am yeah. in a car accident. You're going to panic. Yep. If you, you know, your next thought is, I'm going to leave. Nobody's going to know. Nobody saw it.
0: Right. Everyone's got a ring now. Everyone's yeah. got a next thing you know them. is
1: guy you know your normal guy, your Wall Street guy, your right. guy that never thought he'd ever be in trouble is calling me. Yeah, and the reason for that is is because you left the scene of an accident.
0: Yeah, so it's another charge on top of uh, exactly. potentially injuring someone. Exactly. And if there's alcohol in the mix, it's
1: uh, you know if there's alcohol in the mix, things. you know what you you need to you need to you need to stay. You need to address the situation. Okay. What it comes down to is your normal Joe is driving down the road. Right. They have a kid in a the car. They're drinking. I say don't take the test. Right. If a normal guy driving down the road, he's in an accident, he's got some liquor in his system, mm-hmm. I say don't take the test. So
0: what are the implications? If somebody doesn't take the test, they call you or they call someone else, whatever it is, and they they just choose not to take the test, is there any immediate repercussions
1: to that decision? The problem with refusing in the state of New York is there's going to be a refusal hearing, and if they find that they had probable cause to pull you over— then they are going to suspend your license for a year. No, no matter what. No matter what. And what it comes, to, and I, the next question I get is, well, can I get a uh, back and forth to work? Right. No, this is, driving is a privilege. In yes. the state of New York, this is what they do. They give you, they say, here's your license. These are the rules that you have to live by. Right. And if you're not gonna live by them, we are going to take that license away. So it becomes a major problem Right. because it gets to the nether, the next situation where you say, well, why would I ever take the test? Right. We live on Long Island. Yeah. And when you get that one year suspension. Tough to get around. You, you got to get your kids to soccer. You right? got to get, you know, the, w- people need license. Of course. You need to function in society. So when you take the <clears> test, <throat> what ends up happening is, you know, depending on your reading, 0.08, New York State, you know, that that's the is, threshold. Is that a DWI or is that a DUI yeah. or? Anything over a 0.08 is going to be a DWI. Is that and a felony or? It's a Just, misdemeanor. Okay. So it's a misdemeanor um what it what it comes down to is that you have to understand that there's a difference between having a beer or two at a bar getting in a of car course. blowing a say 0.11 uh-huh. you know what uh, you'll be able to you know you'll be able to go to a district attorney and make them understand what occurred okay not only that is you're going to be eligible for something called a hardship license within 5 days of being arraigned which means in, in front of going in front of a judge right to get to and from work. Okay. And you're going to be eligible to uh, get a restricted license 30 days after the day of arrest. And, and this is if you are... This is your first time DEWI. Okay. And I I hate to use the word DEWI, but right. it, the, that's what the yeah. street... Right. We call it on that's the street. That's what it is, right. Uh, I call it 1192 too, right. but to right. you that means nothing. Right, right. So, um, so, so f- what it comes down to is when you when you get this... Mm-hmm. And... You, you are going to be able to have some flexibility on that license end of things
0: and that's if you're convicted or if that's if you plead or it's
1: pending pending okay that is pending while the case is pending
0: and this is if there's no extra factors such as a God a a child in the car or an accident involved. or it's for your second one this is right. for your
1: first first time offender you're
0: above the 0.08 yep you still get the you blow you get the you get the uh, pending charge
1: pending charges there and uh, you're eligible for a hardship license. If you could prove the fact that you need that license for the income and that you can't, and there is no uh, alternative source of getting to and from work. Okay. But they're strict. Right. If I live, as it should be, if I live a mile away from work, they're not giving me a hardship license. They're going to say you walk to work.
0: Right. Ride a bicycle.
1: Exactly. Right. Living on Long Island. Most people live, 10, 15 miles away, right. and we don't exactly have a you know a subway service, right? Like so the city. it becomes you know an Uber to go fifteen miles both directions to work, right? Five days a week, right. Is going to cost you a couple hundred bucks, yeah. And you know a the, week, a week, and what it comes down to is that's you know that takes out of the household, right? So New York State is given the uh, given the opportunity where if you could prove that it's a hardship, okay. you'll be eligible from to and from. From work, And so, what it comes down to is you also have, uh, you're eligible for in 30 days for something called the restricted license. Okay.
0: And this is something that like you as the attorney would discuss with the district attorney exactly. and try to work out a plan that, that works for everybody. Exactly. End of the day, we would say, obviously don't drink and drive. But uh, in the event you get caught in a situation that obviously is not ideal and you fail the field sobriety test, call an attorney right away call Greg right away and he could give you guidance and um, absolutely give you an idea of what what to do based on your circumstances
1: one of the bigger parts of that is is also you also have to know the difference between having a couple drinks and being completely sloshed right because if you're completely sloshed yeah they're not they're, they're not going to work with you right uh, what it comes down to is there's no negotiating when you're blowing a 0.22 right which is is it aggravated? It's it's aggravated. It's an aggravated misdemeanor, right. and what it comes down to is anything really over a .16, mm-hmm. they they become very very strict with. Okay. And how do what You know, so how do you know at the at, at the you know at when you're pulled over and, and you're under arrest that whether you should take it or not? Mm. It's at that point really you should call your attorney. Right. And you should call them and say, hundreds of times I've been called in the middle of the night. Right. I get a phone call, I pick it up, I'm. I'm. they're asking me whether I should blow or not. Right. What I react is and I tell them is, I'm going to ask you a bunch of yes and no uh, questions. Yep. Do not give me any elaboration. Right. I want yes and no. Okay. First question is, were you drinking tonight? Yes. Mm-hmm. How much did you have to drink? More than two, more than five, more than 10. Right. And you wait for the yes. Okay. Do you weigh more than 150? Do you weigh more than 180? 100, 200? Right. And I do a calculation, rough calculation right, of blood obviously. alcohol. yeah. And what it comes down to at that point, I say to them, take the test or don't take the test. Right. Based on my rough calculation of what I believe their alcohol level would be when they blow that. Right. Because if in my calculation, if it's over the 0.15... Yeah, it's, pro- it's going to be a problem. You're going to have a problem. Big problem, happen. right. So if you're over that, don't blow. We'll deal with it, but you're going to lose your license for a year.
0: End of the day, always call your attorney. Um, and if, if you're ever calling this you know terrible situation um, so greg in addition to a dwi which like you said it's probably the most common question you get asked on a weekly basis um, what else uh, do you come across that the, that the average joe regular joe would would come across in their
1: uh, you know whether it's a kid gets pulled over they get pulled over you know i get when you say the average joe we we live in a, you know we live on, on long island and and that that's where i, I Predominantly practice, but I do also do practice all across New York State. You do the, the boroughs, Exactly. Westchester? And what's crazy is I get a lot of colleges that are upstate, college students, what ends up happening is parents will give me a call, say, my kid was in a fight. Okay. Bar fight. Right. You know, what do you do? Yeah. My first, hopefully they're calling early enough where they were the first phone call and I can say, do not talk to anybody. Right. Detectives, don't talk to anybody because- Anything that you could say is going to be held against you. Right. So if you, even if you say. It's admissible. It's admissible. Right. You can't you get know, around that You said it. can't it. get around It's in the record. Exactly. Okay. And, and people, there's a misnomer in regards to your, you know, being read your rights. Mm-hmm. What it comes down to is being read your rights. If you're just blurting stuff out. Right. They could use that. Right. But. Um, you know, if they're asking you questions, mm-hmm. then you should have your rights read to you. Right. But if, if you're, oh, Jimmy over here, he hit me in the face and the bouncer was going to do this and this was going to end up happening. Okay. That, these are all, this is going to be used against you. Right. And what it comes down to is if you, if there is a police officer around, a detective, they will do whatever they need to do in order to get the information from you. Right. And get their case. Exactly. Right. So the best thing to do is just be quiet. And will you travel uh, upstate to meet these people, the I boroughs? Do. So you go everywhere. I go everywhere. Okay. I, you know, one of the one of the things about being a criminal defense attorney is you, your clientele is got a life changing event. Yeah. And when you said it earlier, the average Joe, yeah. the average Joe was not expecting a, a phone call from their kid that says they got arrested. Right. Or they weren't expecting, you know, this situation. They first of all, I give them all my cell phone. Okay. Because, you know what, they don't want to talk to my secretary. They want right. to talk to me. Yeah. And what it comes down to is they want answers. And you're always available. Always. Okay. 24-7. You know, any good def- criminal defense attorney is going to be available 24-7. Yep. Does that mean that you could call me and ask me when your court date is at, on Saturday afternoon at, at, <laughs> at 5.30? Yeah. And things happen fast, Yeah, you know, especially when there's an arrest going on where mm-hmm. somebody needs to be arraigned, go in front of, meaning, you know, be brought in front of the court. Mm-hmm. You need somebody that's going to answer your questions.
0: So, like you said, with the go out to the bar fight, sometimes you have uh, clients call you, their kids get into a bar fight, they get arrested, whether it's upstate, out here, anywhere else. Is there ever a situation where the person that's charged with the fight or being involved with the fight has to speak to police or detectives before speaking to their attorney?
1: The the second you ask for an attorney, they should they should stop asking any sort of questions. The questions that they are allowed to ask is pedigree. Okay, where do you live? Background you know, stuff. Background stuff. Age. Nothing to do with the the, the occurrence. It. Okay, and it's one of the as a, as a defendant or meaning as the son that was in the fight. Right. It is to open your mouth and just blurt everything out. It's almost natural. And especially if you're not, you know, if you don't know anybody that's ever been arrested or you don't, never been in this situation. And you
0: feel like you're not at fault. So you're trying to prove your case to the cop. Prove your case. Doesn't pay.
1: Exactly. Keep your mouth shut, call your attorney.
0: Exactly. Let it be sorted
1: out in court. You know, crazy story happened to me the other day is you had a housewife uh, driving down the road and she gets pulled over. She keeps her medications, which are prescribed. Okay. Outside of the prescription bottle. Like, when another, like, a
0: container or something? Container. No markings on it? Nothing. Okay.
1: She gets pulled over. The container's in sight. You can see what's going on. And next thing you know is she's got a misdemeanor criminal possession charge.
0: Even though she has the prescription? She says, I have
1: scripts, I have scripts, yeah. I have scripts. You know what? So now I have a, a housewife yeah. who's got a speeding ticket. Yep. Yeah. And now she has got a drug charge yeah. because she keeps her pills outside. Right. <laughs> Listen. Doesn't mean that she's not getting off. Right. Still, she's got to pay you. She's got to pay me, right. which is not cheap. Right. You know, I, listen, I'm fair. Yeah. And I'm actually, the grand scheme of things, I'm very fair. Right. But this was just going to the grocery store and speeding, and yep. next thing you know, you get pulled over with these pills. Right. And I, I have to be able to prove that these are hers. Yeah. I have to prove that this is the prescription. I have to prove that she's written that prescription. Right. And that she's not misusing these in the wrong way. Right. And you know what? On a first-time offense... You're able to get that across, right? But you'd be—it would blow your mind to to realize how many times people are arrested more than once on on charges for the same thing. That's avoidable.
0: That's just avoidable.
1: I call it the snowball effect. Right. A person that has never had contact with the criminal justice system, Mm -hmm. once they have it that first time, it's like the gods look down and it (laughs) snowballs into craziness. You know, next thing you know, is they get a a driving ticket, and they get you know they get you know trespassing ticket. It's Somebody that's never had any contact, it's just boom, boom, boom. One thing after another. And it gets worse and worse. And the key is to stop that snowball. That's what I do. Nip it in the bud. Exactly.
0: Eliminate it and be smarter the next time. Exactly. Um, So what what other uh, interesting stories do you have for the audience? Uh, Listen. Stuff you've come across.
1: The the, the amount of stories I could tell you are through the roof. (laughs) I mean, I've had stories where, you know, you you have... you know, I deal with a lot of sexual assaults on campuses, too. Okay. Which is a whole different vibe, because not only are you dealing with um, a criminal aspect, you're trying to make it non-criminal where it just stays on a campus. Right. And when I'm talking about a sexual assault, I'm not talking about, like, a rape Right. Or, or, which I handle as well, those right. types of cases.
0: Let's expound upon that. God forbid uh child gets charged with a sexual offense of some sort, so mm-hmm. sexual it, charge. What...
1: Especially especially if it's a college student, what it comes down to is I'll get phone calls from a, from a parent. Listen, my son went to uh, the bar, had a drink with uh, this girl. They went home. They messed around. She woke up, they left. They never spoke again. And two days later, they're being uh, charged. I, I hate to call it charged, but it's... They're being accused of right. sexual assault on campus. Sometimes, and most of the times, that does not raise to the level of a criminal defense, okay. a, a criminal charge. But it'll be a title. It'll be a Title Nine uh, charge. What's a Title Nine? Basically, what Title Nine means is that there was a sexual assault on campus. Okay, um, which means that the the campus is going to have a hearing on uh, campus. Okay. that basically decides whether you're staying in school or not. Oh. And it, it could, I mean that's the worst case scenario. Okay. They could also say that there's other punishments. But when you're when you're, you know, in that type of situation, you right. don't not want to have an attorney there. You could you have an attorney to, present for that hearing? You could have them. They're called an advisor. Okay. And basically what it comes down to is you need to make sure that somebody's there for your student or son or daughter right. to advise them properly. Because all it takes is you know, getting up there saying the wrong thing, making an admission, right? And next thing you know, is you're out one hundred eighty thousand because you know, you, uh, of your tuition. Not right. only that, is you know what? It's not all about the hundred, the money. It's not right. about the one hundred eighty thousand. You get that little mark on your transcript, and when you look to go someplace else a year down the line after you know you, you're licking your wounds, right. you know it's going to be there. It doesn't go away. Wow, you know, so it's permanent. Well, seven years. The, the yeah. you know most schools will put it on there. Right. for it. it all depends how, uh, on the finding. But the truth is, is you want to be able to say, I have a defense to this. Of course. And a lot of times, parents are embarrassed, or kids are embarrassed to tell their parents. Right. It is. It's huge. Right. And, you know, everyone thinks criminal defense attorney, oh, in the courtroom. No, there, there's other ends to this. Right. There's, I have a student that, you know, w- was in a, you know, in a fight at a at a high school. Okay. You know. Administrative w- hearings? There's administrative hearings. Right. You know, like there there are, you know, they should be represented even at an administrative hearing. Right. Because not only that is there's also potential civil lawsuits down the end. Yeah. I don't take care of that, but you need to make sure... That something that, it, you know, an assault on campus right. or an assault in a high school, you got to make sure that they're represented so they know what to say yep. and what not to say.
0: And that's evidence that could then be used exactly. in a civil case.
1: You know what? It's exactly. testimony, exactly, records, yeah. documentation. Yep. So make it, sure you're protected. Exactly. So people that are sitting there and say, oh, my son just got in a fight or, uh, you know, some girl's making some accusation that, 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 you know, something went on after the bar one night. Right. No, no. Don't take that lightly. Right. It, it, it's something <laughs> that could affect you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And- a you know, letter, exactly. Potentially. And when it comes down to, as a yeah. criminal defense attorney, you know, I deal with that. I deal with Title Nine. I deal with uh, assault charges. I deal with the criminal ends of it. Yeah. Not only that, is you want to be able to have somebody that could sit there and look yeah. at your son and daughter and say, "This is what's going on." Yeah, you got to dummy things down. You know, of course. what it comes down to is what we, you know, what I've been trained to do <laughs> is. You know, my clients aren't going to understand it unless right. you are able to sit there and say, this is what, you know, this is what's going on. This is your next step. It's a huge, you know, there, there's a fear factor. Right. Of you, you get arrested or you have some sort of complaint against you. S- somebody needs to sit you down, explain to you, This could. you know, this is a blip in the road. Oh, no, this is a major situation. Right. Or, you know what? This is how we're going to handle this. If you don't have that, you are just, first of all, you're going to be filled with anxiety. You're not yeah. going to sleep. See, and you're also, you know, you need somebody on your side to, to explain to, to you, you what to do. And exactly. who's, who's
0: been there, who's seen it, and this exactly. is all you do.
1: Exactly. And you, how many years have you been doing this? Uh, 18 years at this point. Wow, 18 yeah, years. Long, a long time. Um, and, and I've been doing- Two decades. Yeah. I've been doing criminal defense since the day I got out of, that I got admitted to the bar. And
0: so two decades. Yes, so exactly. There's nobody better to help you here than Greg. Thanks. So- uh, switching topics a little bit um we went over it off the record a little bit off the camera rather the social host law
1: yeah this is a, you know this is like a new thing because you know I, I graduated high school in the 90s yeah. and when it, it comes down 2000s. to it you you know it was different you know you had a couple beers your friends were over yeah. there's a keg in the background your parents are inside yeah. smoking a cigarette yeah. and that's the way it was right. First of all home. nobody's parents are smoking cigarettes anymore yeah. and what it, you know the other thing is is that you know they're gonna arrest you you have kids that are under twenty-one years old. You're gonna get a ticket. Wow. You're gonna get arrested. I, I have parents that say, "Well, <coughs> what do I do? Uh, you know, it happens. I didn't know about it. Right. Well, all right. Let's pretend that your head is in the in the ground right. and that you didn't he- know about heads it. head's in the sand. But when that cop comes up that driveway, right. You go hide in that closet. Yeah. You don't talk to the cop. No. You let. You know what. <coughs> Let your son take take the heat on this. Let right. your daughter take the heat on this. Let them get a ticket if they need to get it. Right. You get it. It becomes a major problem, wow. and nobody likes to see their name in the newspaper.
0: Yeah. Next day, cover news day. Parents get arrested for it, hosting a, hosting it, a party. Yeah. Then, on Long Island. Or exactly.
1: The I mean, the key is not to do it. Yeah. Of course. But when it happens, you know, you got to be real about it, right. about how to handle it. So that's a major major uh, offense. Well, what it comes down to is, the bigger problem is being in the newspaper. Right. You know, am I going to be able to get you out of a social host law? Yeah, I'm gonna, we're yeah. going to work something out. We're going to figure it out. Okay. But the truth is, once it's out there, every parent in the neighborhood, you're going to be on yeah. the uh, on the, the school board's you're gonna be do not couple. host list. Right. You're going to be on that couple. Exactly. That couple. So, you know, obviously the recommendation is don't do it. When it does happen, you better not be home. Right. You know, right. because <laughs> if they talk to you, there's going to be an issue. Right. You know, it, it's that's literally what happens okay um you know it it goes back to i know i talked a lot about students that end of things young people tend to get in a lot more trouble than than, than older people right you know one of the things that that new york state has done is made it so um you know if you if you're i we call it y-o status if you're arrested even on a major charge um new york state has has given you, you are still looking you know they could send you to Uh, we we call it the farm okay old school used to call it juvie you know like but the farm's really just juvie right um and it's not a place that any kid wants to go to of course but you know when we're fighting these things at the end it's nice for the parents to know hey i if your son does the right thing or your daughter does the right thing right we could finish this and have no there'll be no record clean record clean record right you know it, it is one of the very rarely do, we do I talk about it, about the good things that New York State has done. Of course, New York State has done this right, where they they've given you know a I hate to call it a get out of jail free card, right? But it isn't because I, you know I've seen judges they they punish these kids for making you know, stupid decisions. stupid decisions, right? But they don't want to ruin the rest of their lives, okay? And you know what? Some kids need some tough love, yeah. And I've seen judges Suffolk County's got a very very good judge right. that 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 is very very strict, okay. But if you want to go to college, he'll look at you and say, "If you cut the shenanigans, I will put you into a trade program. I will get you into college. I will get you what you need to do." So it's like a hand up. But don't cross him, right? Because you cross him, you're going to that farm. Yeah, you know. And and he's not, you know, he doesn't mess around. No second chance. That's fair, though. Yeah, kid screws up. Exactly. Dad's really willing to help him, and and any kid could it could happen to any kid. Of course, you know, it all takes is one stupid move. We're all all stupid. stupid. Yeah, exactly. You know. You know, um, it it is one of those things that, you know, as a parent, you sit there and you say, I don't want my kids to get in trouble. Right. No. You absolutely don't. But when they do, you got to know what to do. Yeah. Cover them, protect you, protect your family. Exactly. You know, it's, it's exactly the truth.
0: So, um... We're winding down the episode now. So, Greg, tell the audience how they get in touch with you. Um, you handle all all types of criminal yes. defense work, right? So Absolutely. give the audience a little bit of uh, information. So if they need you, you're here for them.
1: Um, you can contact me at greg at calmarlaw.com. My cell phone number, which I believe that every um, criminal attorney should be giving out their cell number. Because yeah. you, you know what? At 2 o'clock, yeah. you call my office, nobody's answering. Of course. So my, my <laughs> cell phone number is 516 446 Zero one six three. My office number is 6666 People laugh that it's six 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 six. The reason I do that is because when you're in custody, you need a number that people are going to remember. Yeah, they're going to
0: remember, of exactly. course.
1: And who's not going to remember? And, and how sixes? do you
0: how do you spell your last name?
1: K A L M A R.
0: And you're located in Melville.
1: I'm in Melville, three nine five North Service Road. Uh, I go uh, pretty much. I'm upstate to out Not east right. uh, I am all over the place um, and what I like to tell my clients is I handle your cases yeah do I have associates yes I do when I'm going to court for you or your son or your daughter I'm the one that's handling that case they're getting you exactly
0: they're they're calling you they're getting you to handle the case exactly to represent you absolutely Thank you for joining us on the fourth episode of the Source Law Podcast. Thank you again to my guest, Gregory Calmar, excellent criminal defense attorney located right here in Melville, Long Island. I hope you took away some stuff from today's episode. Remember, always call your attorney. God forbid you're ever arrested. Um, Don't make any admissions to the police if you're ever arrested. And um, remember, protect your assets, protect yourself.